stepping right in. Welcome to Weka Wepisode. Wepisode? Wepisode. Wetisode. Welcome to episode six of the Wet Bandits podcast. I'm Mike. Sam's here with me again. Uh, third repeat guest appearance for Sam. You're not a, a guest anymore. Yeah. Co-host. Co-host Sam. Part-time co-host. Yeah. At least this is episode six, like I said, and this is like a weird time travel situation because episode two has not been released yet. It's been recorded, but it'll be released tomorrow, but we're recording episode six today. That's kind of weird, right? So we don't really know if any of this works. We don't know if it's anybody like likes how this. Star Wars happened. <laughs> Please elaborate. <laughs> they come out with the four, five, and six, one, two, and three. Oh, right. <laughs> right. The prequels, duh. Okay, I understand, yeah. So hopefully, that would mean... I mean, it doesn't... So the prequel is, like, going to be released tomorrow, right? Or is that more like... I don't know. Everything's just... My mind's twisted. But that's what happens when you listen to Tool. When a Tool <laughs> album is going to be your focus, like, your mind is all backwards when you come out of it. But first, don't forget to find us on Facebook... Twitter and Instagram, Wet Bandits Band. That's where you find the podcast. That's where you find all our band dates. That's where, that's the hub for everything Wet Bandits. The first thing we always want to start with when we remember is to talk about what we're listening to now. And it doesn't have to be 90s. It doesn't have to relate to the Wet Bandits in any way. We know what each other are listening to, but just for you, we'll start with Sam. Sam, what are you listening to now? I'm listening to uh, Kisses Rock and Roll Over. Okay, so this is, Sam has been on three episodes, and two of them, he has been listening to a Kiss album. Just two? What were, oh, we didn't do this for episode two. We didn't do What Are We Listening To Now. So oh, didn't? No, no. But anyway, so what's on this Kiss album? Because uh, I am not... The, mo the most famous one is probably Calling Dr. Love. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's a Gene Simmons yeah. song, right? Like, I, I don't mean it like that. I mean, he sings on it, right? Yeah. Okay. Is it good? Do you like it? Yeah, yeah, I like it. Okay. Yeah. And we've probably said this before, but, like, our favorite bands love Kiss. Like, our, well, my favorite bands, they all will cite Kiss as, like, yeah. a band they love. But I don't care for Kiss. I'm starting to love them more and more. Man. Well, you know, I take that back. I don't care for rock and roll all night. Oh, you know, yeah. like, that song is boring and not cool to me. Yeah. But they released a song uh, sometime in, I don't know if it was late, like, 2000s um, or early, you know, 2010s, whatever you call those decades, called, uh, shoot, this is really good radio, right? When I can't remember something. Uh, Modern Day Delilah. I had to sit there for a second. Don't know, don't you don't know that one? Look up Modern Day Delilah. It's pretty cool. It, it's a little... One of my favorite cr critiques to say about a song is that it's derivative. It's a, it's a little derivative. But it's a cool song. Yeah. Like, it's a cool rock song. Yeah. So, um, but I don't know anything. Uh, don't, would I know any other song off that one? What's the name of the album again? A Rock and Roll Over. Th okay. This has been an album for me where I like listened to it once and it didn't really hit me. Yeah. But then I listened to it again and then again. And I'm okay. Like, Jam and out. Dude, those are the best albums. I know. Those yeah. really are. Yeah. So, and that's, you now I explained, this is so weird. But you haven't, have you heard episode one of this podcast? Okay, not so all you the way. Right. So, so even though we're recording episode six, Sam hasn't heard episode one yet. He wasn't on episode one. So what I'm going to say about that is that what I've explained to the listeners previously is that I really would like for this to be sort of a way that people get back into, I don't, I don't want to say back into music, but because people are still into it, but like introduce them to something they don't know. Yeah, yeah. So I want you to sell some of this Kiss record. Oh, yeah. that, that's a good way to sell it though. It, it doesn't, you know, I mean it could just catches you, like it just gradually gets your attention more and right. more. Right, right. So, was that all you needed to say about that? Yeah. Okay, well you now... I'm listen. Yeah, and now I'm going to tell you what I'm listening to. I'm listening to Primus, the Desaturating Seven, or Desaturated Seven. I can't remember what... It's one of the two. 
I've only had it for like a week, and I, I got it because I'm going to see Primus tomorrow. And they, it's, the concept is very neat. I, I'm kind of new to Primus, I guess. Like, I knew Primus songs, but I'd never owned an album until recently, like about a year ago. I actually like them a lot. But this album is, it's like a concept album. It's only seven songs. It's like 34 minutes long. Oh, that's pretty long. And it, it basically just like tells a story. So the Desaturating Seven is supposed to be about these goblins that eat rainbows. And so the seven songs are, I think I can remember them in order. The, oh gosh, I think I've already forgotten the first one. It's like the... I can't remember the first one. We'll, we'll say it's The Valley, okay? okay? It might not be The Valley, but we'll call it The Valley, The Desaturating Seven, The Scheme, The... I'm sorry, the, yeah, The Scheme, The Trek, The Storm, then I think it's actually The Valley. So I think I've forgotten the first one. In the end, question mark. So like... Oh, that's the name of the song? Oh yeah, all the, all the names of the songs are The This, The This, The This, uh, like The Something. Yeah. And, uh... It's, it's not like the greatest album of all time. It doesn't rock as hard as some of their other stuff that I, that I, you know, I kind of think of Primus as a metal band. Kind of like Tool even. Not as like intense, but really cerebral kind they're of. They're not kind of going for that mainstream. Yes. Yeah. Their approach. Yeah. Their drummer. Wait, hold on. Back up. Did you say they're going for the No, music? no. Okay. They're not. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, no, not really. So, yes, I would agree. They're not very mainstream at all. And what, what I was going to follow that with was that this is even, this is even, like, less mainstream. And I guess the only way I can say that is because I don't know that it appeals to metalheads. Like, some Primus stuff does. It's really, like, thick. Yeah. Um. And this isn't even, this doesn't really show anyone off. That's the kind of weird thing about this album, is it doesn't really showcase Les Claypool's bass. It doesn't really showcase the drummer, I, I forget his name, but who's a, like, I think an awesome drummer. Oh, yeah? Uh, his, normal, uh, his normal stuff, but it's like they really tried to put the storytelling element into this one, and it's a cool concept. It falls a little flat. For me, I'm I'm excited to hear it live because sometimes you get like different elements yeah, yeah, that you yeah. don't get on the album. But it's just a little bit like all of the three or four really good songs on it kind of live on the same riff, which I suppose you can get away with yeah, on a concept a, yeah, album. Yeah, that's right. But I I wish there was a little more diversity, and I wish it rocked just a little what? harder. <laughs> so you said it kind of is not. That heavy, or is it more punk? Is it more would, lighter, or it is? Is there more groove to it? It's definitely groovier. Yeah. I wouldn't call it funk. Yeah. It's not metal. Yeah. It is. Hmm. What is it? It's Primus, which I'm sure is kind of like probably a compliment to Primus. Like they like they they can't like put it in a category. But and and maybe this will be one that really grows on me. Where, where does this fall into their discography? Oh, Primus? Yeah. I mean... Is this an early rec record or a late record? Oh, for, you mean for them? Yeah. This is their most recent one. Oh, like, okay. it's only been out for maybe like six months. Oh. So this is what they're touring on, which is why yeah. I bought yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Because what they've been doing at each show is playing like three or four hits, and then they play these seven straight through, yeah. which makes sense because it's telling a story, yeah. which is pretty cool. And then they'll close it with like four others, oh, yeah. John the Fisherman or whatever. Yeah. So it, hopefully it'll be, I think it'll be a cool show. They're playing with Mastodon. Oh, that's cool. You ever seen Mastodon? I have not. Me neither. Do you know anything about them? No, but they're good. When I, when I think of Mastodon, I assume they're like guar. Like, I assume I'm about to see some... I think they're a little more, like, technical. Or, okay. like, not... I'm not saying war is not technical. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like no, but I know what you mean. Yeah. So they're more on the level of Primus and Tool. Yeah. Where, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. You know? I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see it. Maybe I'll come out a huge Mastodon fan. Cool name, Mastodon. Mastodon. Yeah. I think Dave Grohl's a fan of Mastodon. Probably. <laughs> Why don't we bring him on the show? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
<clears throat> Excuse me. So, I'm going to see Primus. I'll admit it. I probably would have skipped this show if I had gone to Rock on the Range. But since I didn't go to Rock on the Range, I have to go see Primus. And I don't like to date this show very much by kind of... Because obviously that's how we get away with recording a sixth episode before the second one is even aired. So you kind of make it ambiguous when this is happening. But Rock on the Range just happened. And actually, I asked Kyle when I recorded episode one if he was going to Rock uh-huh. on the Range. Which is so another time travel moment. Yeah. But, <laughs> so, tell me, you went to Rock on yeah. the Range. To be honest, man, I... Uh... Didn't really go. I saw Greta Van Fleet, man, and that was cool. Which day were they? They were uh, Friday, like. At, oh, like, so you did go four. Friday? Yeah. Okay. And how many Led Zeppelin songs did they do? Zero. Really? Yeah. They did all their own stuff. Yeah. Huh, dude. But it was cool, man. Like, it kind of. For those of you who don't know, Greta Van Fleet started. I mean, I don't even know if I need to say. Basically, they were a Led Zeppelin cover band. Am I wrong? Like that's what they did. Yeah, I think that's only kind of music that they played. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, oh, you say the co- I was under the impression that all they did oh, was really? Led Zeppelin covers. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, but dude, it was just cool because like you kind of saw like real, you know, I, I was I was on the verge. Am I really a fan of Greta Van Fleet? Because I love Led Zeppelin. I just get there and watch them they just kind of open up everybody just comes on stage there's no like lights or anything like that and uh, the stadium just gradually fills up and you like look around and people are just watching this band and people are like reacting to like cues of a live performance like the guitar players will be like soloing and then the, yeah. they'll all do something at the same time and just kind of so they have a pretty orchestrated like well put together show yeah musically okay did it feel like cause they're like kind of a big name I'd call them like a second tier maybe third yeah. tier I mean name they don't right have now. a record out though which is incredible yeah I mean they have a couple EPs but they don't have a full right. like LP so my question is did that did it feel like an like a you always hear about bands when they were coming up, like so and so opened for so and so and blew yeah. them off the stage. Like, did you feel like Greta Van Fleet flexed some muscles or something? Yeah, like, yeah. they yeah. deserve to be later in the day. I don't know about that, but they definitely like were more interesting than okay. some of the later bands. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Did you see Alice in Chains? I'm Bro, ruined. Like, I, <laughs> I knew the answer before I asked. So Alice in Chains played Friday. I opted not to go. I, Alice in Chains is my favorite band, but I've seen them post Lane's death like five or six times, so I didn't need to pay $85 to see them again. You didn't see them either, so no no Alice in Chains report. What about Saturday? Did you go? Yeah, I can't remember what Saturday's time. the crappy day. Yeah, I didn't really care about Saturday. Rock on the Range, now this is my speculation, but... Rock on the Range seems, you know, if they're going to do a three-day festival, the smart thing for them to do to get people to buy the three, the full three-day pass early is to bookend Friday and Sunday with the good bands. Yeah. And then the crappy bands in the middle. Uh, so, Avenged Sevenfold, I think, is the I, I already saw them once before. Aren't they, like, always at Rock on the Range? They're like Dude. the Rock on the Range house band. Yeah, and so Stone Sour. Yes, they are always there. That's true. And then Corey Taylor's like on the side stage. Stone Sour's on the main stage. Yeah, 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 yeah. But their singer, at least he used to do like side, you know, side stage stuff like earlier in the day too. Oh yeah? Yeah. I, I didn't know that. I think so. Oh, that's cool. Was Perfect Circle Friday or Saturday? They were Friday, right? Yeah, they were Friday. Okay, it's all most of the show Saturday. Yeah. So for those who Perfect Circle is this Maynard's Maynard James Keenan sings for Perfect Circle and he also sings for Tool, who headlines Sunday night. So a two for one for Maynard yeah. James Keenan there. So Saturday is kind of uneventful. So we, we get to Sunday. What happened Sunday? Who'd you see? Did you see Stone Temple Pilots with the new singer? Man. Dude, what did you pay this money for? Tool. <laughs> okay. I thought it'd be worth just the three hundred fifty dollars to see Tool front row. And were you correct? Yeah. 
I wanted to go see Tool. I was all ready to go, but May 20th, and this is where the dating myself comes in, May 20th is my wife's birthday. I was going to force my wife to go see Tool on her birthday, which she is not a Tool fan. However, she's not an Alice in Chains fan, and she's seen Alice in Chains with me and left the show saying, that's one of the best shows I've ever oh, really? seen. Yeah. We saw him in like a high school, I don't want to say a high school gym, but it was basically that size. Uh-huh. <clears throat> we just got lucky enough that they were like filming a DVD that day. Yeah. So the light show was, was phenomenal uh-huh. for a show, for a venue that small. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. <clears throat> but I Part think the DVD. She, well, I don't know that they ever released one. I, I've been checking periodically to see if it got... And who knows, maybe they were making that up. Maybe there was some other reason they were doing it. But I've never seen a DVD release of that. They should do that, though. I don't know why they wouldn't. They need some video footage with the new singer. But that's for another time. But I kind of thought Tool might fall into the same category for her. Like, I've seen Tool once. And actually, I just remembered this early this morning. That I've had tickets to see Tool twice. The first time I saw Tool, or I'm sorry, the first time I had tickets to see Tool, the date of that show was September 13th, 2001. So if you think about our country's history, that's two days after September 11th. And I remember selfishly being in college and being like, they're still gonna play that show, right? Like, you know, the world's gotta go on. But they canceled probably the next five shows or something like that. And so I missed my first chance to see Tour. And then I saw him again after the 10, during the 10,000 Days Tour. So. That was pretty cool. And it was awesome. It was awesome. And I knew they'd be good again. But we decided not to go. We decided to go see Primus instead so we could do other stuff on my wife's birthday. Yeah. You know, stuff she wants to do. What's that? Uh, what did we end up doing? It probably, honestly, we probably didn't do anything. <laughs> we, <laughs> but you know, with the new baby, it's fun to hang out with oh, the yeah. baby. Yeah, I know yeah, that yeah. sounds like not rock star-ish, but yeah, that's, that's totally what we, it is kind of. That's totally. a true rock star. <laughs> yeah, let's shift the paradigm. <laughs> the question what rock stars do. Yeah, they play with babies. <laughs> so, okay. I heard from other people. You told me too, but I'll let you like really get into it. I'm sad we didn't go because like Corinne's co-workers were telling her how awesome Tool was. Yeah. <laughs> so, how? I mean, tell the people what could they expect at a Tool show? Well, I don't want to ruin it, man. I mean, they really have any videos out. Well, yeah, that's true. But dude, it was cool. Can because, you say anything? Yeah. I don't know. They like basically erase your mind after it. <laughs> Men in black style. Yeah. Well, I'll t- I'll tell you what I took away from the Ten Thousand Days tour is that for a band that is so dependent on ambiance and like uh-huh. atmosphere and sounds, I don't just mean notes. I mean like sounds. Yeah. They really recreate everything yeah, pretty yeah. well. Yeah. With only one guitar player yeah. too. Um, so. They were, I would say, probably the best show I've seen. Like, I don't, it's hard for me to think in those terms with concerts. Because like, usually I... not being biased to... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But it, it's hard not to, like, I need two things. I don't like to make rash decisions. I like to let it marinate a little bit. But a live show is not something you can go back and be yeah. like remember the stuff that happened so it's like all you can go off of is your memory of those three or four hours so it's really hard to be like the best show I ever went to but it was probably up there yeah it was really I think good. they played for like two and a half hours that long dang I blew it but dude what was cool is they just kind of walk on stage yeah something like weird or crazy and uh-huh. Danny Carey just clicks it off yeah and they go to the grudge did they yeah so, how many Tool albums do you have now? I have all of them. Oh, do you? Yeah. Cool. Well, I don't have the EPs. I just have the main four. Yeah. Well, let's get into... So, this is like a Tool-themed episode, kind of. We, we've touched on them every little segment. I do have to throw in something. Okay. Danny Carey was wearing a cutoff that said beer and titties. And that is <laughs> the coolest thing. It's inappropriate. He usually wears like... A, or at least like I, jerseys. Yeah, like, yeah, he usually wears jerseys. Yeah. Which is... It feels so weird. We're going to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Actually, so we're going to talk about Anima, Anima, 
however you say it. That's their 1996 album. And let's just start with Tool is so weird. <laughs> because, and I haven't visited their website recently, but Tool fans to me are a lot like Radiohead fans. Where, where they think, and Tool is my fourth favorite band. So I'm not, I'm a Tool fan, but I don't put myself on this level. Yeah, yeah. Tool fans, I've heard people say, well, I heard one person say, but this is sort of emblematic, or symptomatic, I should say, of what Tool fans say. Tool fans say stuff like, I think they just know something the rest of us don't know. I heard that come out of someone's mouth. Like, that is so stupid. They're yeah. just four guys. Yeah, yeah. And if you go to their website, they have, you know, you can read bios on all the different members, and they are ridiculous. And I think it's all a joke. Yeah. I think Tool just thinks oh. it's all funny yeah. to make people think that they're like... Yeah, Danny Carey wore a cutoff that said beer and titties. Exactly. You know? <laughs> like, and Danny Carey's uh, little bio is one that I actually remember a little bit, that... Like, he was watching ballet dancing as a young kid and realized that drums was, like, a form of dancing uh-huh. and something or other. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, maybe there's elements of it are true, yeah. but the best jokes have elements of truth <laughs> to them. Like, I think a lot of it is just, like, funny. Yeah. Um, so, I'm not a huge believer that Tool take themselves that seriously, yeah. even though their music at times sounds like they take themselves more seriously than anyone. Except Rage Against the Machine, because nobody takes himself more seriously than Rage Against the Machine. So, getting into Anima, I, I mean, I know we usually like to talk about sort of like the climate when an album came out of, you know, remember what it was like. You were, don't tell me, you were three years old? Something like that. Okay, you were very young, so you don't remember. I was uh, 15, and... I don't have any memory of getting... Like, I had this album probably very soon after it came out. But I don't... I don't have any recollection of... it. You know, it's metal. It was top ten probably on the Billboard charts or whatever when it came out. So it was popular. Like, Tool's a popular metal band for what they do. But... I often compare that. I I think they're kind of like our generation's Pink Floyd, but they're not nearly as famous as Pink Floyd. I mean, they do have that like album, like you the different noises and the different songs. Right. They're they're again. It's going back to like yeah. the build and atmosphere yeah. and stuff. Like if there was a band now that was going to be like, oh, if you put this on during Wizard of Oz, it totally yeah. matches up. Like, yeah. like that would be Tool. Yeah. I I don't think there was like a whole lot of fanfare. And I think this album is awesome. Me too. Awesome. <laughs> it might be my favorite Tool album. I, I think, think it, it is my favorite Tool yeah. album. Yeah. Why is that? Uh, it, because I think, you know, going into their 2000, I mean, it just gets a little spacey for me. Yes. And Undertow is a little too just, like, straightforward. Yes. And I think Enema, or Anima, meets in the middle of that. Yeah. You know, you kind of get the perfect tool noise. Yes. Like, sound. Yeah. I don't want to get too far away from that. I want to come back to it, but I also want to go over the name of the album real quick, because there's a reason why we keep going back and forth between how to pronounce it. For those who don't know, the album is spelled A-E-N-I-M-A, and the A and the E are actually, like, combined into one letter. And that's because it's supposed to be a play on the word anima and the word enema. Did you look this up by chance? Anima is a reference to the soul, okay? And enema is a reference to an enema, right? Like water up your butt or whatever. So so, I guess there's two ways you can look at it. It's literally like a cleansing of the (laughs) soul is one way you can look at it. But I think you could also look at it as like flushing your soul out yeah. depending you know how depending on how much you want to look at the word enema yeah so it's kind of like good and bad which comes into play later also which we'll get to but what did I just say we we're gonna come back to kind of how um, 
this album is in the middle yes. between that's it. Tool sound. I feel the exact same way. Um, I will say that I feel like Tool has, as a band, probably gotten better. Like their songwriting has grown. Uh huh. But that doesn't mean this app. That doesn't mean Lateralis and uh, Ten Thousand Days are better. Yeah. I still think this one is probably my favorite one. But there are elements of those later two albums that show, I think, growth and maturity. And Undertow, I'm totally with you. When we put this out on Facebook, I, not to disparage our fans, <laughs> but when we were like, what's your favorite Tool release? Well, 75% of the responses were either Sober or Undertow. Oh, yeah. And Sober is just the first single. The, the only single anyone knows from Undertow. Yeah. And... That album is just okay. It's fine, um, but it's not even Tool anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you agree with that? Like, uh, Undertoads, it only sounds like, I'll let you say. Well, I mean, there, I, I listened to some of the stuff in their EPs, and it kind of was like growing into Undertow, if that makes Or was there stuff in the EP a little more crazy, or was it No, like, you're right. Yeah. You're right about that. Um, I just feel like, Enema is more closely related to Lateralis oh, yeah. than Enema is related to Undertow. Oh, Undertow is like a separate yeah. like era in yeah. Tool music. Yeah. So that's that's kind of my take. So I'm surprised maybe those people aren't fans of anything Tool did after that. But if you're a Tool fan, how can you think Undertow is their best yeah. release? I'm, and if you have an answer to that, hit us up on the social media because I'm genuinely curious. I also think that Enema is the album where Adam Jones finds his sound a little bit. Dude, I was just about to say, I think the guitar, that's a reason why I like that album so much. It's just like the tone of the guitar yeah. and the different variety of sounds. Right. Because in Lateral Alice and 10,000 Days, it kind of has like the same sound. Yeah. Musically. Yep. Yep. Uh, but there's a lot of variety and a lot of like, something like there's like a lot of... I'm not trying to get too technical, but like tube distortion and kind yeah. of like real guitar sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Distortion. Yep. Here comes an embarrassing story, okay? But it is going to relate to what we're talking about. So when I was like in high school or whatever, you know, we were vain young men. And so when summer came around, like you needed to get your tan on for the ladies. So yeah, I got my tan on in the backyard just jamming the tool on yeah. my discman. And I distinctly remember switching from Anima to Lateralis. Uh -huh. So I, you know what, that means this must have been even in college, because yeah. Lateralis came out after I was in college. It's like 03 or right? What's that? Is that 2003? I think it might have been, I think, no, 2001, because oh. September 11th. Um, so, we, I remember listening to those two albums and realizing the difference for me between those two is that Lateralis does a lot of atmosphere building that takes a long time. Yeah. They will do the same thing yeah. over and over and Spiral. over again. And then it just like, yeah, and then it just like eventually ends and this song is nine and a half minutes yeah. long. Whereas there's a lot of atmosphere building in in Enema, but it, but they don't waste more than four bars doing the same thing. Yeah. Every four bars, something new is introduced, something layers in there. Eulogy is like the perfect example. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. track two, yeah. where like, it starts with just like a little click, uh -huh. and then every four measures, it adds like a yeah. new sound. So we're, we're gonna play a clip of that for sure. Speaking of clips, and, and I'll finish up what I'm gonna say here, and then you can say whatever else you wanna say. We'll get into the songs. But if you've listened to any other episode, we always do music clips. And typically, simply for my ease of production, the clips are about 10 seconds long. This, this episode is going to have the longest musical <laughs> yeah. clips. Because no t Tool songs have so many different parts uh -huh. that to really get how cool the song is, yeah. you've got to put like a full minute in there. Yeah. So this is going to be, these music clips are going to be long and awesome. So, do you have anything else? No. Okay. <clears throat> so let's get into our favorite, least favorite, and the hidden gem. 
for those who haven't listened before, I guess I should explain. Every album we talk about, we try not to get into every single song because that'll take forever. We just want to talk about our favorite from the album, our least favorite, and then the hidden gem, which is our favorite song that was not a single. And we'll cover the, we'll cover the singles in a little bit. So well, what's your favorite song on the album first? Favorite song is probably the song. The what? The, the uh, Enema. seen a tool video do yourself a favor <laughs> make sure it's daylight yeah. and, and watch watch the video for stink fist or enema yeah and just try not to have a nightmare i, I watched one for uh push it yes is, is that how you say that yeah but i didn't think that was a i didn't it's not a single technically oh, i didn't yeah. know they made a video for it I, I, at least i thought i did okay uh actually what i read about push it is that it's supposed to be, it's not a very clever play, uh -huh. but it's a clever, it's it's not a very clever play, but it's supposed to be a play on how you would pronounce it, either push it or push shit. Yeah. Which, whatever, that's not clever, but it's a, I think it's, that's an example of Tool like yeah. trying to outsmart themselves. My favorite, and I struggle with this a lot, but I think my favorite is Stink Fist. Chorus is really good. Yeah. My, uh, Mike, 
band in high school covered that song. Oh yeah, was it good? No. <laughs> I mean, we tried. Yeah. And actually, I can kind of hear it because we had it on tape, and I can kind of hear it in my head. And it what? It's not terrible. Yeah. Well, probably not much worse than anything else we did. But. And it's probably the most straightforward yeah, of, of any of the songs that are on there. Definitely. But it's one of the least Tool songs on the record, so I also kind of feel like it's cheating to pick, not cheating, but like wrong to pick that one. It's a solid five and a half minutes oh, or yeah. something like that. Like it's a real radio yeah, song. Yeah. It's, it's just cool. It rocks really hard. Yeah, it does rock. Every part of the song is good. So. Yeah. What about your least favorite? And I have to, we have to talk about Tool a little bit more here because what Tool got really famous for, well, I shouldn't say it like that, notorious for after Undertow was releasing a song with like 15 tracks on it and only like five real songs. Oh, yeah. I think that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, this album is no exception. So. I didn't write these down, but I think I can pretty much recite them off my off the top of my head. Tracks four, six, eight, ten, twelve, and fourteen. So basically, oh, when, yeah, yeah, you pretty much get through pretty much even songs once you get to song four. Yeah, are all just like noise or jokes. Yeah. So when I presented this to you and we were like, we're going to talk about Enema, I was like, okay, I think what I said to you was, the song you pick for your least favorite has to be a song that they might play live at a show. So... Oh, oh man. Dude, it's so hard. Because it's so awesome? Or because... Yeah, it's okay. so awesome, man. I actually didn't have trouble oh, yeah. picking this one. But maybe I cross over too far into the they wouldn't play it at a show. What about H? Pick H is your yeah. least favorite, but yeah, he... I, I'm not gonna pick one because I don't want to be cursed. <laughs> Fine, you don't have to pick one. I'm scared to pick one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the tool ghosts will come after you, but I'm gonna pick one, and it's Third Eye.
would like third that. eye. Yeah. I love like in the middle of the song, there's like the four like. Yeah. Yes. My, I had buddies when we were listening to the high school, this in high school. Like I used to work at Dairy Queen. Yeah. And when it was all my buddies worked there, or a lot of them anyway. And when we'd close, we'd get to pick whatever we wanted to listen to. And we, Enema was often the record we put on. And my buddies loved Third Eye. Yes. Yeah, and and to me, it's it doesn't have a melody. Which I know that's not like a thing for metal fans, but there's nothing to hang on to for me. It, and it doesn't really rock to me. I, I get why someone might f- feel like it does, but I guess it has no anchor to me. And a lot of that's, that's what makes Tool so good, too, is they rarely come back to the, s- the yeah, same exact yeah. thing. But... I don't know. It's a whole bunch of industrial sounds, and it's like 13 cool. minutes long, and I'm just not into it. The coolest part of the song is something they couldn't do, like the vocalist couldn't do it, where he's like yelling, and they just cut his vocals out, so it sounds like it's scratched, and it's like, ah, ah, oh, ah, yeah. ah, ah, ah. It's oh, cool yeah. production, but yeah, I like how like it's like really heavy and then like it's really soft. Like, yeah, it's like the same pattern, I guess you call it. Yeah, but dude, quick story when we yes, please. so many Miller lights. Yeah, please. Thanks. On our way to that New Albany gig, yeah, we were stuck in traffic. I Wait, just... hold on, we have to prep. <laughs> so here's something that has never happened before. How, you're gonna have to tell me how mad you were, but we booked a gig. Well, I wasn't mad because I had Anima in the <laughs> That's good. I have met the Wet Bandits have been together for almost five years, and I booked a gig in New Albany, which is an east side suburb of Columbus. But I thought I had booked a gig in Dublin, which is on the west side of Columbus. And I was, and you and Josh had both told me, yo, on this, on the website it says this, and on yeah. Facebook it says this. So I, Clearly, should have realized that I was mixed up about something, but I was sure it was in Dublin. So we went out. I got out to Dublin and find out I was in the wrong place. And this was at like the heart of rush hour. So it already, I was already late to the wrong venue. <laughs> and then to find out I had to go all the way back across town yeah. in rush hour, not cool. Yeah. So how mad were you? I was mad, bro. Do you think Josh was mad? I don't know. It's the only venue mistake I've made in five years. Now, maybe some people will never make that mistake, but it was a bad one. Uh, that could, that does seem confusing to me. Yeah. So anyway, you were saying? I just went to Third Eye. Oh, okay. And just played that 15-minute song, bro. I also <laughs> was listening to it in my car to yeah. prepare for this, and the, the problem is that it made me angry. I was already stressed. <laughs> So I, I had to stop uh, listening to it, turn on the air conditioning, full blast, and cool off. So, oh, so yeah, my least favorite is Third Eye. Uh, it's just, literally, it's it's not that Third Eye is bad. It's just the worst of all the real songs. This is another reason I like it. It's because I'm a drummer. It's because, yeah. like, in the beginning, Danny Carey's, like, making a melody on his drum. That's true. You know, it's like... Yeah, yeah, you're right. I was gonna. I want to ask you something else about Danny Carey before we do hidden gems, because you kind of touched on it a little bit. Yeah. Is it weird how often he just has the snare off? How he's just using it like as a. Yeah. I think. I think it's just badass. Yeah. Yeah. He can still rock. Yeah. Well, I think it just gives it a good touch because um, Tool has all those like. um, that's okay, I'll survive. <laughs> they have all those percussion sounds, and I think that blends well with the it does. percussion. It does. Um, okay, so Hidden Gem. Again, Hidden Gems are songs that were not released as singles, and 
we're, we're picking our favorite that wasn't a single. So here are the singles. Stinkfist, H, 46 and 2. mentioned third yeah. eye because I didn't even consider that you would go there yeah actually it was because I forgot third eye yeah the hidden gem I just think it's cool I think the drums well I love the drums wow um I'm blown away honestly because like I said it's my least favorite but yeah. again you I'm not even you already talked about it so I'm gonna go hooker with penis is we took when we did Color in the Shape, I talked about songs that you get jacked up to, uh-huh. to like run races. Hooker with a Penis, man. Oh, yeah. Doesn't sound like you, a song you get, you know, psyched up to, but if you heard it, you would know. And we already said that Stinkfist is kind of like the least Tool song of the singles. Hooker with a Penis is the least Tool song on the album. of like punk yeah. and I mean they are metal but this yeah. is like a different kind of metal um, it's it's very different yeah. it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool theme too like it's about a fan coming up and telling him that they've sold out oh and he, yeah and that's where he's he's like I've got some advice for you buddy when, uh, before you pin, point your finger you should know that I'm the man and then he like <laughs> talks about kicking his ass, which is pretty sweet. I mean, I don't. Maynard's a pretty small guy. I don't know how many asses he's kicking, but it's a pretty. I mean, you got you. That's your second hidden gem, right? Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, that song is so cool. Yeah, 
to leave out H and 46 and 2. And you know, you said Enema was your favorite and Stink Fist was my favorite, but to leave out H and 46 and 2 to me is like almost blasphemy. 46 and 2 is such an awesome yeah, song. Yeah, it is. I feel like we're just not mentioning it as much because we've heard it a bunch of times. Right. You know? Like that song is so yeah. sweet. It, it's well written. Yes. Like, great. Right. Great riff. Yeah. A great like callbacks yeah. to the riff where. You know, it starts as pretty much a bass riff, but the end of the song yeah. is like everybody's doing yeah. it like dun 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 dun. dun. Uh, so awesome, so awesome. And H, I know you borderline almost said it was your least favorite, but that song when it when it goes through the slow part, and again, I'm I'm gonna put this in the clip yeah. that we play, but it's like an eight and a half minute song, so there's a lot of building, but it gets to the part where. It's kind of like easy listening for a Tool album. And then it breaks down, and it gets to the part where it's just his voice singing, I don't mind. And he repeats, like, I don't mind four times. And then the music comes back in, and it's just like... And it's crazy. Like, that is also awesome. Yeah. The, the songs that work on this album are so good. Yeah. So good. Even Jimmy and Push It... Like I, I don't love those songs. They're they're just fine, but they're good on almost any other album. Yeah. Now, so I, I feel like it's kind of unfair to only be able to pick one. And I, I don't know what you think. I kind of already mentioned it. Like Eulogy is also a super interesting song. Yeah. It's it's not. It's also long. Yeah. It's not really a single. It's not as punchy as some of the other so, ones. Well, I like that one. Like how you're saying everything, something's added every four bars. Exactly. So it keeps you interested almost. And it is the sexiest song. Yeah. Like, it has that little riff too that, you know, it goes through almost a full two minutes before it's before it starts like getting into the song. Yeah. When the distorted guitar comes in, it's like bum bam, bum bam, and it's just doing that over and over. But the bass has this like weird phase effect on it, and it's like do 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 do, and it's like oh my god, something's about to happen. <laughs> yeah, this is like metal porn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's not it's hard for me with Tool to be like top to bottom this is really good because they have so many songs that aren't songs yeah. 
but it's really good. I feel like we should also talk a little bit about the jokes that they play on people and specifically how it relates to the songs that may or may not be fake. You know, not, um, I, I shouldn't say fake, but like weren't eligible for our least favorite because they wouldn't play them. Track 10, I don't know how to pronounce it in German. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Did you look that up at all? No, no, what is it? It's like Zaire von yeah. Saint yeah. is what it's called. Oh, yeah, or something. yeah, yeah, I knew the name. So, it, and it, it basically is industrial sounds yeah. over someone speaking in German with, like, crowd noise, like that... It's very Hitler-esque, yeah. where it's you've got this guy sort of like building up the excitement of the crowd, and he gets more and more agitated, and it builds to this crescendo, and then at the end, the crowd noise and all the industrial sounds drop out, and he says whatever the last thing he says in German, and it's very like evil sounding, and very like uh, it's very I don't know uh, ominous. Yeah. It feels like you shouldn't be listening to it, yes. but you do. Yes, but, I, and I've heard a couple different things about what that is, what, what they're really doing there, but either way, it's clearly a joke. So, it's either a recipe for <laughs> devil's food cake or deviled eggs. Like, that's where the Ooh, Satan yeah. part comes from. So, oh, I've also heard uh, it's a recipe for edibles. Like, edible oh, really? Yeah. So, it's one of those three things. And, and no matter whatever website you go to, you'll read something different. But the point is, it's a recipe in German. Yeah. Set to sound like, you know, this... A speech. Yes, this Hitler-esque speech. Which Dude. is pretty... It's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say? Um, when I was like a kid, I went to this like haunted cornfield and they had this like That's like a thing a, for Kent, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Corn everywhere, bro. And then... Well, I mean, just all of it, Ohio, right? This wasn't a corn maze. Yeah. yeah. But it was like a maze in like a building. Okay. Like, like a... And this, there's strobe lights crazy, and they were playing yeah. that song. No. Yeah. It, it was it was freaky, man. That, is freaky. Gonna lie. <laughs> that would be. Yeah. When was this? Oh, I had to be in like seventh grade. Okay. Yeah. So this is a while ago. Yeah. Okay, that's funny. <laughs> and I hear the song on the album, like, oh shit, this all comes back to me. <laughs> Horrible memories. So the last thing we want to talk about with the album, and this may or may not fall flat, because you know we don't talk before we do this. This could be yeah. totally uninteresting. But there's a little bit by a comedian named Bill Hicks, who I guess is friends with Maynard, who's the singer. Where, right before, it's the beginning of the track to Third Eye, where he says, and I'm not going to quote, but it's essentially, we need drugs uh, because. You know all that great music that your favorite musicians have made over the years? Real high on drugs, is what he says. And I edited it a little bit. So, my question to Sam, and this is not an original question, which is why I don't understand why they hold this comedian with such like reverence, because I don't even find that very funny. Because it's totally not original. But, is that true? Like, do you need... Does the best music we've ever listened to all have... Is it all influenced by drugs, do you think? No. <laughs> Stand tall, Sam. <laughs> and now, I'm, I'm trying to be open-minded about this, because I generally think no, also. Yeah. But, you know, when you think about it, it's like, well, okay, who are our favorite musicians, and which of them didn't do drugs? Yeah. Ted Nugent? I don't really like Ted Nugent. I do, man. I mean, he's fine, yeah. but I don't really like him. But I can't name anyone else. So is there a requirement? Like, does it... Is it because... Well, this is... This might be getting too deep, but, like... People think about that music, you think of, like, the 60s and 70s. Yeah. And, like, that stuff was popular. I think good music is whatever, like, reflects... The, cu- the culture sure. that it was released. So, like, yeah. in the 60s, yeah, I think 
good music was yeah music that people made while on drugs yeah know? okay kind of like that and that's then, really interesting yeah that you say it that way because that because I think that works in the 80s too yeah where it's like cocaine yeah like that sounds it's like, like this like high life living kind of yeah thing. You yeah know, poison you got Molly Crew you got right Right, and even the, the more even the yeah. more pop bands too. Yeah, yeah they yeah. were like ultra processed and like high energy and peppy. Yeah, and That's now a, we get in the '90s where they kind of cut that out yeah. and it's kind of back to simple living. Yes, yeah. That's interesting, and probably see, I had never looked through it through the lens of drugs though. I had always yeah. looked at it as a revolution on itself. Yeah, like a grunt, the grunge movement. I had always looked at as sort of like the the. I want to use the word revolution again, but that's not it. It's sort of like the the blowback against the technical guitar players yeah, in yeah. the 80s. Like in the 80s, you had Yngwie, Malmsteen, uh-huh. all these like shredders yeah, who yeah. all they could do is shred scale. I don't want to say it that way. Uh, who their, their major emphasis was shredding scales as fast as you could. And then you get grunge, and it's like these guys want to show how bad they are. Yeah, they guitar. just sing the chorus. Uh, guitar solo is just like the chorus. Right, exactly. Which was also done in the punk scene yeah. right before, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's cyclical, of course, which is also not an original thought. Yeah. But but it is a, that's an interesting thought. About, yeah. So what era are we in now? What's the 2000s or the you know, 2000s? I think it's kind of like the 80s. Yeah, me, I think anyway, so too. Or like the last 10 years. I mean, you got that like hip-hop country... It's kind of, um... What kind of drugs does Carrie Underwood do? (laughs) I don't think she does any, man. Probably not. So, what, but what, seriously, country artists, what kind of drugs do they do? They drink beer. Yeah, moonshine and stuff. I'm dead serious about this. I'm sure Jason Aldean, just come on the show. Tell me what kind of drugs you're into. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting thought. Well, I think, hopefully... You know, like I said, as now I don't know, I'm full into Greta Man Philippe, but I hope they bring rock back into yeah. the radio. Do they need drugs to do that? No. <laughs> they just need to stick it to the man, bro. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, speaking of bringing rock back, there have been a lot of times where I've thought, oh, this is the band. Oh, yeah? Like, like, like what's a couple? Uh, I think Wolfmother had oh, a chance to like, because uh, you know they're Led Zeppelin-ish too, yeah. kind of, well, and especially like, with their lyrics, how they're kind of fantastical, sort of like dreamy. Yeah, uh, they're or the, the kind of the metal or rock. Yeah, yeah. but their synthy sound yeah, yeah. was not very Led Zeppelin, but but yeah, what were you gonna say? Well, I was gonna say Jet, but I think that's like a little too early 2000s and a little poppy yeah just a little but that's not a terrible idea or a terrible thought because they had some in retrospect they had some cool songs yeah which is interesting for me with the wet bandits there are a lot of songs that i loathed when they came out uh-huh. that now i look back and i'm like you know that song's actually you compare it to now yeah. it's pretty cool yeah. so i'm sure i'll be saying that a lot about a lot of albums that we go back and listen to yeah. Is like how much cooler they are now oh. than they, you know. So I'm trying to think of some other bands that have come out. That, the Sword. I like Sword. Yeah, I do. That's another metal band you introduced yeah. me to. Is it the Sword? Yeah, the Sword. The Sword. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Check out the Sword. The Sword. Yeah. If you haven't, just come on the show. The whole yeah. band. So I, I will definitely. I, I'm gonna have to think on that more. We've opened up a can of worms that I didn't expect. Well, what else you got? Do you have anything else for this? Nothing, man. No, I don't either. So we kept it under an hour. Which we is almost a... ate a whole pizza. I didn't even mention where we are, dude. <laughs> dude. We're in Hound Dogs, which yeah. is a Columbus institution. I would say the best pizza in Columbus. I would say so, too. Each, each piece, it's not deep dish, but each piece weighs about three pounds. Yeah. And it is sitting like that right now. I have a ball of dough in my gut <laughs> that I'm going to have to pick up with my hands yeah. when I leave this booth. 
Just put it on the rock and roller, bro. You'll be all right. <laughs> the rock and roller. <laughs> the this place used to be open twenty four hours. Really? Yeah, man. I wish they saw places like that, man. Yeah. Like twenty. Yeah. How cool would that be? But then there were all the rumors about people spitting in your pizza and stuff. Which, if I was making pizzas at four thirty in the morning for a drunk, bunch of drunk people, <laughs> I might be tempted to. I would do weird shit like put a rubber ducky. Yeah, see that's funnier yeah. and less harmful. Yeah, I, I like your style. So anyway, we're and you know I don't know that there was spitted food. Those are just rumors. Hound dogs don't don't be mad that we said that. But obviously it doesn't deter us because it's delicious and it's a cool place to be. So that's where we're recording from. That's why you've had all the music in the background. But now it's time to wrap it up. So you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Wet Bandits Band. New episodes every Tuesday. Assuming we can keep up <laughs> this torrid pace. Okay? I think this might be the last Back to the Future episode. Our last time traveling episode. Oh, really? Yeah, because, you know, now that they're starting to release regular... <laughs> No, now that they're starting to release regularly, it won't be like, oh, you haven't even released an episode yet, and we're oh, recording yeah. our third one together. Yeah. So, say goodbye to the, the podcast DeLorean. Peace. Say hello to the future, or the hello. present, or whatever. Tool. I, w- I could talk about Tool all day. <laughs> Danny Carey, I love your cutoff, man. I want a cutoff that says beer and titties. <laughs> And I think that's a good way to stop. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Get wet. Get wet.